broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. Good afternoon. This is Locked and Loaded. Joining me now is uh, writer and podcaster Rob Morse. Good afternoon, sir. Back from a thrilling tour in Detroit, Michigan, of all places. Yeah, you went up there and you uh, did did the Rick Ector event. Yeah. The, how, how many people did it have to it go through? Is, well, we're still counting. It's been at least 1,400. Something I didn't know, and we'll get to it later. They had like 2,400 people sign up. Yeah. A bunch of people didn't come. No one knows why. That's sort of the problem with, here, it's a free event. We'll provide eyes. We'll provide ears. We'll provide guns. We'll provide instructors. And if you don't show up, it doesn't cost you a thing. So people, maybe they forget about it because it didn't cost them any money. But that is amazing that 24 people, I mean, think of what this means. I don't, I don't know how to get 24 people to sign up for anything down where I am. I could give away free gumbo. It wouldn't draw that many people. <laughs> Rick Hector does it. Wow. Get two shooting ranges. Hi, guys. You know how you used to make money for the weekend? I want you to absolutely close, except for my guests. Wow. It, that was a song and dance. The ranges were wonderful to work with. They, they're committed to this, too. You know how many earplugs you need for 2,500 students? iPro. Yeah, about five. five. I don't have 5,000 earplugs sitting around, let alone, you know, thousands of eye protection glasses. All right. Do you, you know Patrick Collins out of Atlanta? I do not. Young black man runs an ammunition uh, business called Gun Food. He delivers 25,000 rounds of 9-millimeter ammo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there was a local firearms dealer modifier had to deliver 50 Glocks and Smiths for the students to use. Right. That. Wow. Wow. Why isn't why a isn't, lot of people? Why isn't Rick in charge nope. of some gigantic product or some gigantic <laughs> program where all of this has to be uh, all of that needs to be coordinated and. You know, dispersed and all these things, and why isn't he in charge of that? Because that's that's quite the logistical movement there. A lot of stuff moving it's, in one place at one time. You've been in the military and you see what it's like to move an army, and yeah. this was just twenty five hundred people. So, but still, you know that it, uh, one guy didn't do it. A couple guys didn't do it. It did take quite the team. And from nine a.m. to five in the evening, we had hundreds of students outside the range every two hours. They're lectured on armed defense and firearm safety. They step to the range. They learn about finger discipline on the trigger, muzzle discipline about where you're going to point. They get eye and ear protection. And then they're walking into a shooting range for the first time. And some of them, you can see their eyes get big when someone starts shooting and they're all, that's, that's still loud. And you go, yeah, there's nothing subtle about it. You, 
we're all startled by it, but we learn to manage it. Right. And that's, that's literally the first thing they have to learn. Don't jump. And then we can go to work. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> that, but I'm serious about that. I'm surprised Rick is not like working with, uh, I don't know. With some giant organization, some, the, the Red Cross, something, yeah. some huge civic organization, yeah. Like when when yeah. there's when there's a earthquake in Haiti or something, I, I, he would be the guy to fix that. That you know, <laughs> he, he moves heaven and earth when he's putting together his events. So we had about forty five, fifty instructors between the two ranges. Um, each of us did about thirty to thirty five students. I mean, different. Some guys took a break. Some guys didn't. Right. Um, and again, I had one student, she walked up to me and the, they start shooting next to us in the lanes and she says, I have to leave. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm sorry. If you can come back, I'll be here. I'll, I'll be here for you whenever you're ready. And then there's girls that would, you'd talk them through and the first eyes in the bullseye and all of them are inside the 10 ring. They're, they're doing a one hole drill at four yards and other people are all over the paper, and you have to back up and diagnose and remediate. It, it, it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Right. Oh, Eric Pratt and GOA came by, and they bought us dinner on Sunday, so I want to give a shout-out to them and Gun Owners of America. Sort of a different organization now that Eric's in charge of it. Eric has sort of uh, accelerated things and made things a little more mainstream and He's taken them places they weren't for a very long time. Well, I'm I'm grateful that he was there. Yeah, um, it was interesting. As, as odd as it sounds, okay, I'm with people most of the time, but it's on a firing line. We don't really get to have a conversation that much. The people who were helping them, eyes and ears, come on, come off. Did they have any questions? What did they think? Um, could I take if here, would you hold up your target? Let me take a picture with your phone. And you come to find out that yes, yeah, someone down the street was shot. A relative of mine was shot or killed. There were some I it didn't happen to me. John Adine, I think, had a had a student. Yeah, she'd been shot. Wow. This is not Mayberry. This yeah. is Detroit, Michigan yeah. with all the problems. So thank uh, hopefully we Took, you know, the goal of this wasn't to turn them into shooters. It was to give them the confidence that they can go, you know, yeah, I, I, I've done this before. I can I can go take a firearms class. I'm going to be okay in that class. It'll work for me. Good start. Confidence is everything. Confidence. Is it, isn't it, though? Yeah, confidence when handling a handgun is everything. And uh, if, if females especially, I've seen some females go to a class and – They'll stick the weapon out there, and they are literally shaking. Yes. Yep. Well, and it's can you do the instructions? I'll describe it for you. I'll demo it over and over. But are you? can you play those instructions in your head as you're guiding your hands and overcome your fears? There were, one, one girl was a, a – she lifted, she said. Not – not going to argue with you. Great. But I said, I don't think it gave you the strength. I think it gave you the confidence to be here. You're absolutely right. It, 
if you had told me that shooting was a mind game, well, okay, I have more evidence to agree with you now. Any of them come? You and I know that. Do any of the, do or our any, own worst enemies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do any of them show up with their own handguns, or do they? They all show up. A mines? few. A few. A, a few, uh, at least on our range. So out of eight hundred, maybe one percent, maybe eight. Not many. Now, some of them said they had. I had a student, one out of thirty-five, who said, "I have a handgun at home. I'm not comfortable with it. I need practice to even learn if it's." loaded or not so we changed our normal uh, approach to her i said awesome you get the bonus course because really all we wanted him to do was learn how to grip aim and press do those well and now you can shoot because that the, the things the loading the unloading the verifying condition the racking some i showed that but after a while i re- realized that's not the stuff they're nervous about they're nervous about pressing the trigger when the gun goes bang. Yeah, I mean, I still catch myself. I still flinch. Yeah. Isn't that a crazy thing? We have to, even though we could hurry the shot, we have to press it slowly enough that the explosion comes as a surprise. Well, I get sorry. I don't think. I, I thoroughly enjoy shooting, you know, and yeah. that's the thing. I, well, you know what? Talk right into the break. That's what happens when you're having good conversation. We'll be right back talking to Rob Morse. This is Lock and Load. is Lock and Load. I'm talking to Rob Morris. He just uh, normally Rob's with me on on Mondays, but he's here today because Monday he was he was uh, with Rick Hector doing the Rick Hector event. What did what did what does Rick call that anyway? <laughs> the, the Detroit All Women's Firearms Education Weekend. We're, we're trying to figure out a, a better name, something that's catchier i think they should just call it the rick ector event yeah well then what i i want it to have a name because i want to be able to take that name all over can you imagine taking that to atlanta that would be good Uh, one thing the one thing about rick's event um i uh because rick is doing it by himself i don't know like if he started planning today he might be able to do more than one of those events next year in different places. Oh, no, no. Yes, you're 100%. I wanted the people to steal the idea and say, wouldn't it be great if we chain, trained a 1,000 women who are frightened of living in Philadelphia? Maybe they wouldn't feel so helpless, and they'd demand a little more of their politicians. Or St. Louis. Yeah. 
I understand. I, but but who would no, coordinate it, that? I mean, who who would? Uh, is it okay? So let's talk about Atlanta. You can can you imagine that in Atlanta? Is there somebody in Atlanta? Is there a Rick Ector in Atlanta that might be able to pull it together? Because I think part of the thing that makes Rick's event special is just that you know, Rick has this. He just sort of oozes this sort of, uh, yeah, absolutely, I want to help this guy, charisma. It's like he's doing a Jedi right. mind trick when he's out there. He's like, of course, everybody <laughs> out, every, of course everybody out here wants to help me for free and everything and do what I'm doing for free. And everybody else wants to do it for free, too. Of course they do. You know. And, and it is a Jedi mind trick. Okay, let's, let's unravel the Jedi mind trick sure, sure. a little bit. Yeah. Rick Ector is a NRA firearms training counselor. What that means is that he has certified most of the NRA instructors in the area. Rick, I got this student. What should I do? Rick, I'm, I'm putting on the class. I think it goes like this. Can you remind me? So he has a relationship with hundreds of instructors. He's got a relationship with lots of firearms ranges in the area. So when Rick goes, you remember me, right? Wouldn't you like to do me a favor? Everybody goes, yeah, sure we would. How can we help? And now it's a now it's a card trick. Well, it depends on which card you turn over. Right. If you turn this card over, give me your range for the weekend. <laughs> right. He gets yeah. that, and whatever card you turn over, he thinks you, you think you see the one he wants you to see. So, right. Yeah. I I, well, I don't see. It. Does nobody else even does anything near this though? Do they? That I know of. Not. Um. By by enormous matters of degree. I think one of the reasons I became a firearms instructor, uh, a friend that I used to shoot with frequently, said the people at the hospital keep asking me for shooting lessons. They, they want to try it, see if, if they want to have a firearm at home. And now I've got a list of 50 people. I don't have that many weekends. I don't have that many guns. And I want to be able to see my family. Will you guys help me? So we go, sure. Now, he, he finally said i can't give him ammo for free not in that quantity i can't rent the range for free they, his friends paid 20 bucks we made sure they had a great experience very similar to what we're doing but that was several times a year 20 to 30 uh, of his friends but you know what that's how rick Ector started right i think his first year was 50 people and now we're up at 1500 so wow I just it is it. thrilling to see somebody who goes, yeah, I can do this. And I go, what do you think? Or some of them would look at that target and they go, I, I don't know how I did that. I go, I know how you did it. We talked about what to do. You're the one who did it. I'm not pressing the trigger. I'm not aligning the sights. That is all you. And you did it. And they're very proud of the work they did. You, you, it's it's like there are some kids who aren't apprehensive. They go do something. They think nothing of it. But the fact that they conquered their fears, they had – I'm not sure exactly what they imagined would happen, but they found out it was easier than they thought, and they have every right to be proud. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, let's see. Who do we want to talk about next? Well, Rick, Rick's, it's hard act to follow up with going from Rick to anybody else. So. That's that's exactly, exactly. Um, you you know what I really like about this though, 
there are a lot of people now who won't believe the media when they tell them guns are the source of all evil because they know people get shot in Detroit. Oh, yeah, everybody knows. But now they know, you know, the person who defends himself with a gun, that could be me. And that's starting to reverse the narrative. That That's why I think whether spoken or unspoken, I think that's why it's easy to get. I mean, there were 50 instructors. Who knows? I don't even know everybody else that was active behind the streams. Right. The hundreds of people it takes to do this. The donors. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're lucky that we're that rich, that people who care about that issue can go help in Detroit. I'm not tooting my horn. What I do doesn't matter. It's, you know, the other 99 people standing next to me, they've got a story to tell. That's pretty interesting to me. Indeed. Indeed. Rick, interest, interestingly enough, there were three NRA directors there, of which Rick is only one. I saw. It's nice to see guys put their put their hands where their mouth is, right? Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, three out of, what, 75? Yeah, they need yeah. to be. They need to be right about now. They need to be uh, representing themselves much better than they're doing right now. They are. They are allowing themselves to sink. Yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, you know I don't know what to. I don't necessarily know what to do about that. I don't even know if it's something it, that needs to be it, done about it. It was interesting to talk to those directors to hear how they're treated if they so much as ask questions about how the NRA is behaving. They're pushed off of committees and shunned by the powers that be. Indeed. Yeah. So that rot is pretty deep or or pretty intense at the top. Um, When we get back, I don't know if we want to start a new topic. I I was writing about sort of this. You've met uh, pessimistic gun owners. They go, you know, the media says bad things about us. Every time there's a mass murder, we get blamed. There are more anti-gun laws. Sooner or later, that's going to happen, and they're just going to come and make us all illegal. Yes. Well, I've seen that well, many times. Yeah, the, and, and the guy's not wrong from one perspective. Most of us don't own a gun. Most of us don't share our home with a gun, although there was a study that just came out that said those old statistics might be wrong. Certainly, today, when people get their really abbreviated news out of their phone, they believe the headline. They may not dig any deeper. And when you put all that together, yeah, we could lose our rights. Let's talk about that when we come back. Talking to Rob Morris. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. I've seen just about every corner of this country, three million miles in my career. I spend a lot of hours on the road, but I love being my own boss. The road can be a beautiful place, but you're out here on your own. There certainly are risks. I'm Charles. I'm a truck driver, a husband, and a father. And that's why I choose Federal. 
when it comes to online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearm needs. For over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision. Welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unit. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective, confidence that you are carrying the best gun in the gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality built American-made products for 45-plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American-made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment. We perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. 
At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Welcome back. We're talking to Rob Morse, a uh, writer and podcaster, and uh, he was bringing up a very interesting subject that uh, I, I delve into sometimes. But uh, go ahead, you start, and let's go where we see. It. Let's take yeah, it. Where let's, it goes. let's see where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. You and I have met the pessimistic gun owner who says nothing I do matters. Gun control is inevitable. Billionaires are on their side. We don't have any on ours. And I go, even if that's true, I can't imagine anybody would help you fight for your rights with an attitude like that. But but let's think it through, because he's, he's right in some aspects. We know that the politician who serve anti-gun billionaires like Bloomberg, they're going to push for gun control. They're just looking for the excuse. But what, we have to think a little deeper. That's not the whole story. You may have missed the fact that most parents want their children protected at school. You may have missed the fact that armed defense works to do that. And that means we, you and I, including that pessimistic neighbor of ours, are the people who are going to have to save the right to bear arms. The future is literally in our hands. Um, and, and again, we've, we've, I'm not describing human nature so much as I'm describing history. I'm going to quote famous Democrat politician and strategist Rahm Emanuel. You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And by that, I mean an opportunity to do things that you could not do before. Close quote. And faced with that attitude, the lie that honest gun owners are the problem. We're going to get blamed and that news is going to go coast to coast before the truth even you know wakes up puts on its slippers and has a cup of coffee. We, we saw it in New York. We saw it in California. But I think we're the antidote. Thank you, Bill, for lock and load, because you tell stories about good guys with guns. Sure. And I don't think our, our local politicians have any bravery at all until we put those stories in their face. Have you had that experience? Oh, absolutely. See, here's the thing. With, with the, the, the gun talk stories are very much more detailed, right? Very much more detailed because, uh, like, in the, in the cases of self-defense gun stories like you do, right? This, is where, this right. is where people are getting involved and they are uh, they're getting involved and they have actually been through the details of a shooting. It's right. no longer theoretical for them. This is this is something they've actually been to now, and right. uh, that changes your life when that happens. When you come to that sort of real realization, 
that you've just been through this, and this is what the real world is like. And there's a lot of things that don't matter anymore after that happens, right? Somebody's theory that there could be a problem if there were sometimes armed defenders in school and you go, you don't need to be a super ninja to stop a guy who attacks your school. He's counting on there being nobody to shoot back. And if anybody's shooting back, his plans just got radically changed. Believe me, it changes your behavior a lot when the bullets are heading both ways. Right. And your school board probably hasn't thought of that in those terms. They're saying, we can't have a gunfight in school. Well, you're, I don't want one there either. I want, but that means you want the bullets to go all one way toward the kids and we're never going to shoot back. Then why are you calling the police if there's violence in school? Because they're bringing the guns. Yeah. So that there is a lot of fuzzy thinking. Thank you for the clarity you bring. But we've got to, you're not in every school board meeting and we have to be your voice there, Bill. Well, it would be. All of, all, all of these places, the thing that bugs me the most about these places is that with all of these places, they get out there and they discuss policy without yeah. knowing what, yeah. the facts about what they're talking about. And Too I, often. Yeah, if they would just seek out you, Rick Hector, me, somebody that has some idea about what it is that they're wanting to discuss to bring bring some things in. I introduced uh, a state senator in South Carolina to John Lott. And it was like he had Good. discovered a new messiah at that point. And I, I, I said, and it was because of the information, and I said, uh, you know, I've always had this ability to either, if I don't have it, I know somebody that does. Right. And uh, th this was uh, when we were considering, uh, when they were considering permitless carry in the state of South Carolina. And uh, it's still on the table, but it just hasn't happened just yet. Right. So. I had a very similar question with a legislator in Florida. We met at a, at a conference in Florida, and he goes, do you have numbers on that? I go, oh, no, young man. You just asked the right question to the wrong guy. I can... Yes, let's talk after this. But but I think the, we, we can get bogged down in immense statistics. But in this case, should we defend our kids? That's not too much to ask that we get our kids back as healthy as when we dropped them off in the morning. Right. It's really a pretty simple ask. And the, this, the, there are school safety plans. There are school audits. On the other hand, I was talking to a guy who is doing audits up in New York, and it, it's not negligence. It's he, he sees things the school doesn't see. See that window up on the second floor? That's that's open, right? See that that uh, extended balcony there? That's a place to stand. That pallet leaning against the wall? That's a ladder. You just gave somebody access to the school. We need to try a little harder to make sure our kids are safe. And when you put those three things together, someone will take advantage of us. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. I, I just went, wow. Thank goodness there's so many people who bring such varied and diverse skills to keeping our kids safe. Indeed. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. 
Twitch thing. I, well, I, just the, the thought process that you've opened up about uh, trying to educate, which I'm not an educator. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put myself on this lofty uh, on petard, if you will. But at the same right. time, it really irritates me when somebody gets out there and starts talking about things that they know nothing about. And it, it's, 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 it's just literally almost everywhere, despite the fact that I believe that there's more adults that own guns than there are that, are, that don't, which is a big puzzle to me. We, I think we just saw something that uh, a news article. Okay, you've, you've brought this up. Okay, are we going to run out of time? What's that look like? Well, we got about you. You can set it. Go ahead and set it up. Okay. There was a recent study, and you and I have wrestled with this every time. Some new poll says 49%, 43%, 39% of Americans live in a household with a gun. And then somebody did some follow-ups and said, they're not telling us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Are there states that have gun registries? Are there other ways we can ask this question? Can we follow up to find out the degree of truth we're getting? And then they went back and massaged the data, and they went, wow. It's more like 60% of people live in a home with a gun. How about that? I thought that was amazing. Before we run out of you time, might, tell your everybody. Your was right. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell everybody how to find you. We haven't done that at all yet. Go. I host the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. I'm a co-host on the Second Amendment Foundation's Polite Society podcast. I write the Slow Facts blog for the last decade. My writing is picked up at Class Daily and Ops Lens. We somehow find something to talk about, Bill. When he's not snorkeling. If he's snorkeling, there's just no way to talk <laughs> about anything because we microphones will not work very well underwater. So we never try that. But we do pretty much after that. We do just about whatever we want to do at that point. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Rob Morse, this is Lock and Load, and we are we've been discussing the various things and everything else. You wanted to change the subject, so go ahead. I I do. Uh, there, I, I've seen this covered over and over. over um, uh, Stephen Gutowski at the Reload. Uh, Dan talked about it. The truth about guns. I think it was originally picked up by JD Tuchelli at Reason Magazine. There was a study that what, what they call. Quiet gun owners? Uh -huh. Do you own a gun? Um, maybe, you know, I, I did. I don't know if I do anymore. Um, and it came out of Rutgers, uh, out of their so-called gun violence research center. And they said, yeah, people aren't telling pollsters the truth. I mean, it's, it's dealing with probabilities. When we test this group of people and we've got, because of firearms registration, we've got a pretty good idea of how many firearms are legally owned in that area. And then we ask that group how many guns they own, and 
we get a different number of gun owners and guns that they own, we go, whoa, whoa, that means we have to re recalibrate our study and it, it changed it a lot, up to 60% of Americans. Now, this is the problem again. When my kids grew up and they said, "Do you, does your family own a gun? Well, is that mom or dad or you or an uncle or some?" So a lot of them say yes. And it's it's not clear in a family who may have signed the, uh, uh, the federal uh, paperwork to buy the gun, but they think it's theirs anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, like mistakes are an orphan and success has a lot of parents. A lot of people may say they own the gun in the home. So even that's, but what was interesting was that that came out of the gun violence study group. What was it? Princeton? Oh, Rutgers. Sorry. Right in New Jersey. And I went, Ooh, I bet they were disappointed that somebody read that in their study. That's probably got to upset Bloomberg and his mega bucks. Well, you know, the the entirety of the leftist nonsense that we hear, that's totally unsustainable. Yeah. Eventually, the truth makes it out into the open. There's just no way to stop that. Yeah. People, isn't, isn't that amazing? We've got, I think that is why Bloomberg started funding those so-called gun violence policy research group right was to was to muddy the waters to throw out three bad articles for each three accurate ones that we present and now it lets the journalists cherry pick who they want to believe well that's still contested not by people who aren't getting paid by any gun bloomberg bucks it's not uh, wow who would have thought that creating propaganda on that scale by a billionaire would be considered as straightforward politics? That's the age we live in. Again, thank God for you and GCN. Mm. Just mm. <laughs> well, you know the, the 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 thing about that when when you look at the propaganda. Yeah, I believe a lot of people in America understand that most of what they see in the media can't be trusted, and yet they continue to watch it. And I believe most people in America right. don't like the way things are going right now, and yet I think they'll still vote for Biden in some cases. We, we have that we, frightened of change. Huh? Well, it is. I don't know what it is. I, I don't oh. know what 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 is the motivation. I don't know what is uh, what what's making everything uh, the way it is. Why are we this way? Why do we think this way? I just know that it's happening. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? When a politician fails, people's lives are impacted for the worse. We, you'd think that makes us more conservative. It makes us hold on to the status quo, even if the status quo put us in this situation by their bad judgment. Um, very few people – well, okay, I, amongst Republicans, I think it was in the 20s and 30 percent – of people who actually believe the media, higher amongst Democrats, which for people who are supposed to, quote, question authority, I thought that was quite the confession. Indeed. Yeah. I anyway. To, I need to come up uh, with a new word to say. Indeed, I'm getting tired of hearing myself say it. No, 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 indeed. 
<laughs> how, about, how about did yes sir is this, is this one of Dan's? Yeah, did Dan talk about the fact that Biden through executive order got the education department to cut school funding if schools pres- uh, had hunter safety or archery programs? I don't think we ever made it that far. Yeah, that, I understand why that wasn't the first thing. Unfortunately, given the news. Because the Safer Communities Act has something that says we're not going to fund or, uh, activities that teach you how to use a weapon. I'm, you're not teaching me how to shoot a hunting rifle. You're talking about firearm safety. Here, here are the ways you don't use a gun. You, you have to make sure it's boxed, it's carried. Here are the laws. Well, the Biden said, no, that's not good enough. You're talking about guns at all. And archery, yeah. Arrows can hurt people, you know. So that, I think, was a, a pap to PETA. And now they've cut school funding. So the, edu- the education president is cutting school funding for, for things like firearm safety and and well, when, archery shooting. I, I think that means it's the end of the uh, that series with, oh, Everdeen, who am I thinking of? Hunger Games. I don't think they dared do that when that was a big hit. Now, now maybe that's the time has passed and you can outlaw archery. Seems ridiculous to me. Shows what I know. Biden, uh, the resident of the United States, he's. I don't. I don't know what the answer to him is. <laughs> I don't know what the answer to him is. What? I don't understand why he was the one that the Democrats chose and everything else. He's. He's a. He's a crime lord. I mean, the dude is a crime lord. Yeah. He's, he's not a. He's, he's. This is all about the money now. Well, I, I think it, Bill. It was. Do you remember what Barack Obama did? A community organizer means I'm going around collecting the graft from the businessmen. Sure. That's what that means. He's a bag man. So, but he and Biden were two peas in a pod, and I just this is this is nothing but Barack Obama 3.0 as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, this came out of NRA ILA. They, they went back and looked at the numbers and said, now there were a few firearms permits being issued in New York during the Bruin, uh, before the Bruin ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court. In theory, the Bruin ruling made that easier, but because New York had a anti-gun spasm after that ruling, there have actually been fewer permits issued now. And I'm thinking someone has to take that to the judge and say, Judge, people aren't listening. The citizens want to follow the law, and and you said they're allowed to bear arms. Politicians are precluding that. Are you going to protect these rights, or how many decades will it get before you finally look at this? Again, I think they should uh, install a special master to issue firearms licenses and carry permits in New York State. There is precedent when we had school desegregation. State said, yeah, we'll get to that. And federal judges said, we'll help you starting right now. I don't I don't know how long we're supposed to wait for justice, Bill. I wish I could answer that. The short answer to that, unfortunately, is that... Uh we saw this in Chicago. Chicago had a chance to make a change, and they didn't. They ran right. to the leftists, and 
I don't know, maybe sometimes as bad as this is going to sound, sometimes they get the government that they deserve, that they vote for. They're getting the failed society they voted for. Yeah. Was it 47 shot, five of those were murdered this weekend in Chicago? Oh, my gosh. That's that's horrible. It is. It is absolutely and, and, deplorable. Yeah. Wow. Tell everybody how to find you um, before we run out of time. Oh, I can do that in my sleep. I host the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast, and I'm a co-host on the Second Amendment Foundation's Polite Society podcast. I wrote this Slow Facts blog. 2,100 articles are waiting for you there. From there, the writing is picked up. It's carried at Clash Daily and at Ops Lens. Bill, who you got coming up next? Next, it's going to be me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, next, it's just going to be me talking about things that caught my eye. And there's so many of them. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. It's been a pleasure, Bill. Glad we could catch up. Take yes, care. sir. Our number two is inbound. This is Lock and Load. Lock and Load.